Hey there, everyone. This is Greg Schutz for ReadyForTheDraft.com and the Ready For The Draft podcast. This is episode nine of my 2018 NFL Draft podcast series, and uh, you know will be episode number two of the post-draft edition. Really taking a look at uh, you know all of the teams and all of the picks. Really ta- breaking those down. Taking a look at. Uh, how all the teams fared. If you tuned in the last uh, podcast episode, uh, we took a look at the first 10 teams. If you're looking at it alphabetically, made it from Arizona all the way down to Denver. Just a quick recap. Some of the teams that I was personally a huge fan of, of their draft. Um, you know, you look at Denver, uh, what they did. I thought every single one of their picks was on point, uh, you know, from Bradley Chubb, obviously pairing with, with Vaughn Miller, Cortland Sutton and Deshaun Hamilton taken in the second and fourth rounds respectively. Um, you know, basically being able to step in there. Um, they've got Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. These guys are, uh, basically Thomas and Sanders 2.0, um, Royce Freeman, you know, running back. Now that C.J. Anderson is, um, it was let go. Isaac Adam gives him some depth there at cornerback. Uh, Josie Jewell, one of my favorites there in the middle. I think he's a a, a guy who's going to challenge Brandon Marshall and Todd uh, Davis for playing time immediately. Troy Fumagalli at tight end, um, a, a guy who I think uh, can be productive at the next level. Sam Jones has the potential to be a starter opposite Ronald Leary. Able to get him uh, in round six. Um, you know, Keyshawn Bieria, you know, I, I think he's another guy who can provide some depth there on, at inside backer as well. Um, Arizona Cardinals, another team that I thought, you know, did a, did a really good job with their draft. You know, Josh Rosen, really it's going to come down to his health. You know, they traded up to number 10 to get one of the top four quarterbacks. And Josh Rosen, look, you know, he's the most NFL-ready quarterback. The mechanics are on point. He's a guy who's going to pick you apart. Um, but the concerns are, are, are there for the durability. Is he a guy who's going to be able to hold up? And that's really the biggest question mark more than anything else. Um, Christian Kirk uh, gives them a, a wide out who, uh, you know, who, who's one of the more explosive players in this draft. Um, you know, he's going to give Sam Bradford and Josh Rosen uh, that vertical threat that's missing now that John Brown is gone. Um Mason Cole can step in for for AQ Shipley. Uh, Chase Edmonds could be a nice change of pace back for David Johnson. Chris Campbell has starter potential um, at the cornerback position as well. And then finally, Chicago Bears. Two instant impact starters um, taken at the top of their draft. Roquan Smith uh, could end up being uh, the... Uh, defensive rookie of the year in 2018. In fact, I'm going to call it right now. I think he's he's um, you know a, a guy. He's going to challenge Bradley Chubb, and I think at the end of the day, um, he's a playmaker. He'll probably have over 100 tackles. Uh, flies around to the football. Can play against both the run and the pass. Uh, the versatility is just insane. Um, you know, talking about versatility. Uh, second round, you get James Daniels out of Iowa. You know, the center uh, can also play guard. Um, you know, Anthony Miller is going to end up being Mitchell Trubisky's favorite target before long. Uh, you know, Joel Ieg uh, Buniwe uh, from Western Kentucky. I think he's going to give them some depth there at outside linebacker. Bilal Nichols, defensive tackle. If that hot and cold motor, if they can really get them running hot, uh, then they could have a steal there in round five. You know, the one thing that I didn't like about the Bears draft was they didn't really address that pass rush too much until the sixth round. Kylie Fitz. Uh, out of Utah, I worry about his his durability. He's had some issues there, um, and then rounding it out, the seventh round, Javon Wims, bigger receiver, um, 
surprised he came off the board that late. Um, I think he's a guy who has excellent body control, um, you know, really good hands. Somebody who, um, you know, I think could end up pushing Kevin White for for some playing time uh, if Kevin White uh, uh, stutters, you know, a, a little bit. So, you know, obviously Cleveland at the top of the the, the draft took Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I I've been saying it in every single episode, and I probably should t- stay true to uh, to to my comments. Um, you know, GM John Dorsey, you want to change your, your losing culture in Cleveland, you take Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, a lot of people, um, have been, you know, been harsh critics of that pick. I think that actually is, is the pick that, uh, is going to make a lot of sense. And I think, you know, Baker Mayfield has a bright future for the Browns. So we're going to go ahead and, and kick off, um, you know, breaking down the next few teams here. Um, you know, we made it through 10, hopefully we'll get through at least 10, for this episode, we are going to have one more episode that's going to go ahead and round out the remaining teams, uh, breaking them down pick by pick. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and kick things off with the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Lions came into this draft. You know, there there are a few directions that they could go. You know, I, I think the pass rush. You know, they're obviously when you have Matt Patricia in there, you know, going to run a, a hybrid three four four three scheme. You've got uh, you know Ziggy Ansa, you know, double digit sack guy. Um, I think Anthony Zettel shows some promise there at defensive end. Um, but after that, they're really, you know, they're lacking another playmaker off the edge. And that was really what I was expecting them to do with their draft. You know, I, I think, you know, they didn't really do that. And, uh, you know, so now I think they're really banking on Kerry Hyder returning from his torn uh, Achilles uh, in 2016. If he can return to that form, he had eight sacks. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Matt Patricia does with the group, but you know, you could tell that a big priority, um, for them this off season was improving that running game. You know, they finished last in running off, uh, run rushing offense, and they had a running back by committee that just really didn't work. You know, Theo Riddick, Amir Abdullah, uh, Zach Zenner, you know, they, they've added LeGarrette Blunt, a one year deal, uh, to be their big bruising back. Um, so they definitely addressed the uh, address the rushing offense in the draft. Uh, first pick, you know, 20 overall, Frank Ragnall, um, you know, out of Arkansas, two-year starter. Uh, he's versatile, can play both the center and the guard positions. Um, you know, very intelligent, high football IQ. Does a great job picking up blitzes and stunts. Um, you know, he's going to be the signal caller there for that offensive line. And you know. The Lions moved on from Travis Swanson and Gra- uh, Graham Glasgow is going to get the first chance at center. Um, I-, I think that Ragnow has the versatility uh, and the length as well to, to to kick over to to left guard opposite T.J. Lang. And uh, if you know um, you know Glasgow struggles at all, then you know they've got got their center of the future there with with Ragnow. Uh, the running game, like I said, they continue to work on that uh, in round two. Carry on Johnson out of Auburn. Uh, ran the ball for nearly 1,400 yards as a junior. Also 24 receptions out of the backfield, 20 total touchdowns. Uh, someone who has excellent vision, uh, the cutback ability, uh, has a good burst, runs behind his pad. Um, you know, He's someone who I think um, can be the focal point of this offense. I think he and, and LeGarrette Blunt would complement each other very well. Um, you know, in the, in, in the fifth round, they, they end up landing – uh, Tyrell Crosby out of Oregon. I was surprised that he was on the board that long. I actually had him coming off the board in round two to the Niners. Um, you know, to me, Tyrell Crosby, he played left tackle at Oregon, but he's a right tackle in the league. You know, he's not the best athlete in the world, but man, is he physical. 
you know, he's, he's very powerful upper body, um, but you know, his lower body as well, that trunk, um, really generates movement off the ball. Um, someone who I think is just really going to be a, a nasty road grader for them on the right side. Uh, look, you know, their, their offensive line, you know, um, you know, Taylor Decker's not going anywhere. Ricky Wagner's not going anywhere. They're set at offensive tackle, but now they've got a guy who has some experience on the left side. Um, I think he's going to be a, a right tackle um, at the next level, but uh, definitely a pick to me. You know that really solidifies that offensive line. In the seventh round, they wound up taking a fullback, and you know if you're going to take a fullback, you got to take Nick Bodden out of out of San Diego State. You know, the, the running backs that he's blocked for for the Aztecs, you know, uh, a, as a junior blocking for Donnell Pumphrey, the FBS all-time leading uh, leading rusher. And then the next season, um, you know, Rashad Penny led the FBS in, in rushing yards in, in the season. So, you know, he, he blocked for some some talented backs, but he's talented himself. You know, a lead blocker, very physical, um, you know, really a guy that uh, I think on Johnson and company are going to love running behind. You know, the other two picks you know, I wasn't as enthusiastic about, um, you know, Tracy Walker out of, uh, out of Louisiana, uh, Lafayette, you know, he came off the board in the third round. I thought that was a bit, um, you know, a bit high for him. Um, you know, I thought he was somebody that could ultimately come off the board probably, um, probably, you know, in the fourth round, possibly even the fifth round. Um, you know, he's six, two, 200 pounds, um, eight interceptions, uh, ni- uh, 19 pass breakups, um, in his career, 97 tackles a season ago. Um, but you know, if I'm just looking at my, my board here in terms of the safeties, you know, Ronnie Harrison was still out there. Um, you know, Tavarius Moore out of, uh, Southern Miss came off the board, you know, but, uh, you know, Jordan Whitehead, Armani Watts, uh, Marcus Allen, uh, you know, Natrell Jamerson, you know, a lot of really good safeties that were sitting there on the board um, later on in the draft. I thought they could have addressed that pass rush there in round three, and uh, they really didn't do that. Um, you know, additionally, um, you know, their pick there in round four, uh, Deshaun Hand. You know, Deshaun Hand was a guy who, you know, everyone was expecting to be the guy uh, this year. Uh, he was a rotational guy. Um, for Bama, and you know, really, what he showed was he's a he's he's a run stopper. He's a guy who's gonna you know take up a lot of space. I think he's he's best as a five technique and a three four. So really, what what I'm curious to see what Matt Patricia does is if he's gonna run that hybrid three four four three scheme. Is he looking at him as a as a defensive tackle, you know, a three technique possibly in uh in his four three set, and then you know, have him be out there as a, as a three, four, uh, defensive end really going to be curious, you know, 14 and a half tackles for loss and nine sacks in his career, but, uh, the production never matched the physical ability and the physical skills. Um, you know, six, four, 296 pounds, never had, uh, you know, more than, uh, you know, 27 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss or three sacks in any given season. So, you know, to me, you know, I, I thought, there were just there were other options for them if they're going to be looking for a, a pass rush. So I'm really curious to see what uh, you know what what Matt Patricia is going to be doing to utilize uh, Deshaun Hand. So let's go ahead and transition to the Green Bay Packers. You know, with Green Bay, you know what what I was looking for with with the Packers was again addressing the pass rush. You know, I thought what they did do well. You know, they they traded back 
um, you know, all the way to, to number 18. You know, they were sitting at 14, traded with the Saints, ultimately got up to uh, to 18 and uh, with with Seattle. And I was expecting, you know, possibly, you know, Harold Landry uh, there at 18. Uh, you know, Clay Matthews, just not the same that he was a few years ago. Um, you know, he led the team in, in sacks with, with seven and a half. But that was the third straight year without registering double-digit sacks. You know, he's in the final year of his deal. You know, so really there's a question what's going to happen there. And then on the other side, Nick Perry, you know, he had, you know, 18, he's had 18 sacks over the last two years. Battled injuries throughout his career and has yet to play a full season. Um, you know, since he entered into the league in, in 2012, um, getting a pass rusher has to be a premium for them. And I was really expecting defensive coordinator uh, Mike Pettin to to really look for um, you know a um, a pass rusher at some point in the draft to really clamor for that. And you really didn't see that at all from the Packers. Uh, but what you did see was you know addressing that uh, that secondary you know, in that pass defense. So, you know, even though, you know, they, they, they seem to find, find ways to get to the quarterback anyway, um, you know, in, in Green Bay. Um, but when you have the 23rd ranked pass defense and, uh, you know, of their 11 interceptions and first off 11 interceptions, that's on the lower end, um, you know, in the league in terms of production, but only one of those 11 um, were by a cornerback and that was Devon House. Um, you know, Demarius Randall's been traded to Cleveland, you know, Quentin Rollins, you know, really hasn't been working out. So what do they do? They end up taking Jair Alexander out of Louisville. Um, you know, a guy, seven interceptions, including five as a sophomore, 15 total pass breakups, um, you know, a fluid athlete. I think that's really one of the things that you can say about him. You know, he's someone who I think can play on the outside. He can play in the slot. Um, absolutely can can turn and run, stay in phase with his receiver. Technique can get a little sloppy at times. Um, you know, if you turn in, you know, tune into his his 2017 game film, um, you know, you're going to be a little disappointed because you know, frankly, he was dealing with a, a leg injury and, and a broken hand. Um, but put on that 2016 tape, and and you'll see more about what what you know Jair Alexander can do. Um, he showed that he's healthy at the combine, ran a 438. Um, I think he's someone who can end up starting right away. Um, you know, they have Kevin Kevin King there playing the cornerback position. They brought in uh, veteran uh, Tremont Williams, second stint in Green Bay, but obviously he's not a, a long-term answer. So in round two, they go with Josh Jackson out of Iowa. So you got cornerback, cornerback right at the top of the draft. You know, and Jackson, you really have to wonder if he's going to be a one-year wonder or not. You know, no interceptions until his junior year. Had a breakout season. Eight interceptions, 18 pass breakups. Um, you know, a, a guy who's very aggressive. He has excellent ball skills. Trusts his eyes, but uh, he's going to gamble at times. He's going to get you know get beat deep. Um, so he's someone that I think that uh, you know, he'll probably you know learn a little bit from from Tremont Williams before he steps into a starting role. I really liked Green Bay's third round pick, Oren Burks out of out of Vanderbilt. Uh, someone that I haven't really talked about too much in my podcast, but uh, I'm definitely a fan of his. You know, you look at his stat sheet, and you know it's pretty impressive. You know, 228 tackles, 15 and a half for loss, four and a half sacks, five interceptions, 21 pass breakups. Uh, ran a 4.5940 at the combine. You know, and, and you know, so Burks is going to bring that speed and versatility uh, to that inside linebacker position for Green Bay. 
You know, right now they have Jake Ryan, Blake Martinez lined up there. You know, not the fastest guys. You know, they're they're really, um, you know, they're football players, and you know, they're playing off of instinct. But in terms of you know getting some athleticism, um, you know, that's really what Oren Burks is going to bring. And you know, the fact that he, he you know, those twenty-one pass breakups, the five interceptions, tells you that he's someone who can drop into coverage. You know, trust his eyes. He can make plays on the football as well. The three receivers that, that Green Bay picked up um, on the third day, you know, it was a little interesting, um, you know, the direction that they went there with all of the receivers because, you know, I see a lot of the same um, same receiver in all of these guys. You know, you have Jamon Moore, uh, the first guy that was taken in the fourth round. You know, what Jamon Moore um, is bringing to the table, uh, you know, he, he uh, you know, he's a big receiver. You know, he's 6'3". Um, Someone who, you know, is a, you know, I'd say, you know, what was it? You know, two, two time, um, you know, thousand yard receiver. Um, you know, I think there are some current concerns about his, his combine 40 cause he did run, um, a four, six, um, you know, there was suspension in, in 2014. Um, you know, I think might've driven some of his grade down. Um, he could be a number two receiver, but you know, I, I, again, you know, I, I look at some of the, you know, who they have on their roster, Devontae Adams, uh, Randall Cobb, you know, then you look at Geronimo Allison, D'Angelo Yancey sitting right there. You know, who do they bring in in round five? Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, um, you know, he's 6'5", 207 pounds, ran a 4.3740 at the Combine. I think that's really what drove uh, him up draft boards. Um, he started out at NC State then transferred to UCF for his final two seasons. Um, really didn't have a breakout year until his senior season, uh, 53 receptions, 879 yards, uh, and six touchdowns. But, you know, someone who, you know, I, I, you know he, to me, he was just a guy. You know, he, he's fast. You know, he's tall. Um, but, you know, I was really surprised that he came off the board in round five. And then you look at Equinemia St. Brown, you know, he's 6'5", uh, you know, and, and, and over 210 pounds and, uh, you ran a four, four, eight, 40 at the combine. Another big receiver with some speed, you know, as a sophomore breakout season, 58 receptions, 961 yards, nine touchdowns, but then his production fell off as a junior, only 33 receptions, uh, 515 yards and four touchdowns. So, you know, I look at the three of them, you know, they'll all be battling for, for playing time. You know, and I look at, at Geronimo Allison and D'Angelo Yancey, all big receivers. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, really what happens there in Green Bay. You know, they're going to be getting additional weapons for for Aaron Rodgers, especially with uh, you know, with Jordy Nelson uh, leaving for Oakland. Um, but you know, I was just expecting to see you know Green Bay if they're going to be taking some receivers, you know, a little bit of versatility there, um, you know, to to kind of change things up there a little bit. James Looney in the seventh round, um, I thought that was an interesting pick. You know, he's somebody, you know, reminds me a lot of Mike Daniels. Um, you know, just a guy who's just going to continue to work, play hard, uh, has an endless motor. You know, and I'm a Pac-12 guy, so watching him play at Cal, you know, just that those that that hair, that mane that he had, you know, flowing underneath that, that you know, coming out of that helmet. Um, but a guy who could really pursue the football well. I think he does a, a good job pursuing the ball down the line. Um, he's someone who could end up making the team. Uh, Hunter Bradley, um, you know, long snapper coming off the board in, in, in round seven. And then, you know, Kendall Donerson out of, out of Southeast Missouri State. Um, he's going to provide uh, some depth 
you know, they're at the outside linebacker position, you know, has excellent speed. Um, you know, but you know, the, the question is, is, you know, he, you know, he's six, three, 247 pounds, but the production didn't really match, um, you know, with the physical skills, you know, you're expecting him to really put up some huge numbers playing at uh, Southeast Missouri state there and, you know, FCS level, but, uh, you know, he just, you know, it didn't live up to the, um, you know, to the bill there. Um, you know, a pick that I did like, though, for, for the Packers was uh, the fifth-round pick, Cole Madison out of Washington State. You know, 6'5", 306 pounds, was a right tackle for Wazoo. And, uh, you know, he's going to kick into guard. You know, he'll be probably a right guard for them. Um, and I think he's someone who can end up working into a starting spot early in his career. Um, very underrated performer there. And I think he's someone, you know, Green Bay seems to find a lot of guys there late in the draft. You know, we saw that with, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with David Bakhtiari, I think is a perfect example, but you've seen other guys that have come through there. You know, Don Barclay, um, you know, was a guy who was able to line up, you know, at guard and tackle, um, you know, I, I think Cole Madison's another guy that they can plug in there. You know, really fits Green Bay's system. And then obviously, you know, fifth round pick. Can't forget, you know, J.K. Scott out of Alabama. Um, really a weapon, you know, for, for the Crimson Tide uh, because of that hang time. You know, don't look at his average all the time, you know, but that hang time, and, you know, he was able to really limit a lot of those, uh, those pump returns because of the, the height, the hang time. Uh, allowing his his uh, you know his his punt coverage team to to get down there and cover the punt, um, definitely a weapon, and I think that's actually an underrated pick here in this draft. Um, so that's the Green Bay, and that's kind of my outlook there for Green Bay. Um, I thought that they addressed you know um, quite a few needs. You know, I, I was expecting them to address more of the pass rush uh, there than than they really did, but uh, I, I think they did a lot of really good things there. Houston, hey, they had to wait until round three um, to get some picks in, um, you know, because they they did take uh, Deshaun Watson twelve overall a season ago. Had to trade up to get it, um, but you know what I thought was really impressive was third, you know, fourth pick of the third round. They get Justin Reed out of Stanford. He's going to end up being the starter next to Tyron Matthew. Very versatile defender um, has. Uh, excellent size, 6'1", 207 pounds. He's versatile. You know, he's able to play uh, that, that that center fielder and be a deep safety. Has excellent range over the top, but uh, he can also play play in the uh, in the slot and cover receivers. Um, he's you know he can get aggressive at times and can get beaten on double moves. Um, there are times where um, guys will beat him deep and, and they'll throw over the top. But uh, you know, five interceptions a season ago. Um, you know, to, to go along with, with 99 tackles, um, you know, just very versatile defender. Um, I had him coming off the board actually in round one. So the fact that he fell all the way to round three was a huge shocker for me. Um, but I definitely love that pick. Um, you know, you move to that second of their three, uh, third round picks was Martinez Rankin out of Mississippi state. Uh, another guy that I really liked, you know, he's, he's a bit raw. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a really good athlete. You know, he, he bends well. You know, I, I think, you know, he, he's a knee bender and uh, has some pretty nimble feet. Um, and, and, and somebody who, you know, he, he doesn't have ideal length. 
Um, and, and that's one of the things that you're going to hear, you know, time and time again. Is he going to be able to be a, an offensive tackle at the next level? Um, you know, just 33 and three quarter inch arms. Um, you know, at six four, 308 pounds. Um, but I saw on Twitter, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Schwartz, you know, an, um, offensive tackle, uh, in the league, he made a great point that, uh, there were some, some offensive linemen that have shorter arms that were able to excel at the next level. Uh, you know, Joe Thomas, Kelvin Beecham, Willie Colon, all had shorter arms, all able to get it done at the offensive tackle position. And, uh, you know, so Martinez Rankin is somebody who could potentially, um, you know, be a player, at tackle, uh, Julian Davenport is lined up at left tackle right now, but you have Chantrell Henderson, who's going to be in the last last uh, uh, year of his deal there at right tackle. So I think Martinez Rankin has a chance to end up lining up there at the right tackle position. Um, he's versatile enough to potentially play inside, uh, potentially at center as well. Uh, they have Nick Martin right there. So I think really Mar- uh, Martinez Rankin's future is going to kind of be that, uh, that, that swing tackle. And ultimately, I think he'll end up um, possibly um, be you know pushing for for that right tackle position down the road. Um, third of the, the of the third round picks is Jordan Akins out of UCF, the former baseball player. You know he he decided that he was going to go ahead and, and pursue that baseball career after uh, you know after high school, and now he's you know he he made the transition to uh, play college football at UCF. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are enamored with this guy, um, you know, and, and I, I think he's, he's has some skills. The one thing that's really concerning for me with, with uh, Jordan Akins, he's 6'3", 249 pounds. Um, you know, he, he does have some ball skills, um, you know, but, you know, you know the, the production is really, you know, what, what kind of worries me. I, I, I didn't see that all the time. You know, he was somebody who... Um, you know, wasn't always a factor in the passing game. You know, with C.J. Fedorowicz retiring, you have Ryan Griffin uh, and Steven Anderson. Um, you know, the two between the two of them, they've only caught 38 passes. You know, they're, so they're going to be relying on Jordan Akins to really be a guy. You can't have him disappear in the middle of games, and uh, you know, so you're going to really have you'll be relying on him to make an impact. And you know, I, I question whether or not uh, whether or not he'll be able to do that. Fourth round, third pick of the fourth round was Kiki QT out of Texas Tech. You know, came out after his junior season, um, but somebody who is is explosive ran a four four two forty. Um, someone who could take the the lid off of a defense can get get uh, you know, or I'm sorry, get the top off of a defense, um, as as the saying goes. But you know, he he's somebody who I think can play both in the slot and on the outside. Has some uh, um, you know return capability as well. Um, but you look at the numbers, 92 or excuse me, 93 receptions over 1400 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, you know, to me, you know, Kiki QT is someone who can end up making this roster, um, and possibly even be in the third receiver. You know, you have Deandre Hopkins, Will Fuller, um, as the starters on the outside, Bruce Ellington, possibly in the slot, uh, Braxton Miller still learning, uh, you know, the, the position there at, at wide receiver. Um, I think Kiki QT is going to battle Bruce Ellington. I think he, he has more speed, uh, a little bit more sudden, um, and could end up you know, winning that slot receiver position there in Houston. And Houston had to wait until the sixth round to make their next pick. Duke Ejiofor out of Wake Forest, you know, uh, in his career, over 40 tackles for loss, 23 sacks, you know, excellent length. 
Um, you know, 6'3", 267 pounds, but uh, you know, had some issues with his shoulder. Um, you know, he, he's you know at, at the end of the season. You know, he's someone who's who can be physical at the point, can set the edge, um, knows how to get after the quarterback, but uh, you know he's not the most explosive athlete. So you know, if you're looking at Houston, you look at their their defense. You know, they run a three four. Um, you know, is Duke Edgy for the the athlete to play outside backer in, in a three four defense? I, I I don't see it. So I'll be interested to see um, you know what type of transition he can make. You know, on the flip side, you have Peter Columbaye out of Stanford. Um, you know, a guy at uh, you know with with the Cardinal, um, who was definitely uh, you know uh, one of their top edge rushers. You know, four five seven forty at the combine. Um, you know, when he was six three, measured in at six three, two hundred fifty two pounds. You know, Columbaye for me was a guy who always seemed to be a- around the football. But I never really felt like he was actually the one that was making the plays. Um, you know, and I think that's why he fell all the way uh, to the end of the sixth round. Um, you know, you're just really expecting to see more, uh, you know, more playmaking ability. So that, that physical ability just didn't really translate to the production on the football field. Um, so backing up and, you know, three picks before him, um, Jordan Thomas out of Mississippi State. Um, he's 6'5", 265 pounds, ran um, a 4'7", four, four, let's see, what was it? It was a 4'7", four, 440, um, you know, at at that size. Um, someone who uh, the, the Bulldogs, you know, split out and, and also lined up in the slot. Um, you know, he's someone who, who's definitely still raw, learning some of the nuances of being able to, to be a pass catcher. I'm actually a lot higher on Jordan Thomas than a lot of people. I think he's someone who is a sleeper, uh, possibly someone who, you know, with uh, Steven um, Anderson and Ryan Garrett also on the, ro- or I'm sorry, um, you know, Ryan Griffin on the, the roster with Jordan Aikens. Maybe Jordan Thomas ends up being a practice squad player, somebody that they can stash away for a little bit and develop. But I think he's someone who could make the team and, uh, and be a player for them down the road. You know, um, and then Jermaine Kelly, you know, out of San Jose State, cornerback, um, you know, he was brought in to provide some depth. But you know, when you look at, you know, Jonathan Joseph, Kareem, Kareem Jackson, um, you know, Johnson Batamosi, uh, Kevin Johnson, Aaron Colvin, um, you know, Jermaine Kelly is really going to struggle. Um, you know, he's going to have a, a hard time on his hands to be able to make this team um, just with all that depth there at the cornerback position. Um, so really a curious pick there late. Which takes us to the Indianapolis Colts, Chris Ballard. You know, Chris Ballard. You know, the GM of of the of Indy. Um, you know, I thought he did a tremendous job um, overall with the draft. You know, you have an offensive line that uh, gave up 56 sacks and a pass rush that only uh, only got to the quarterback 25 times a season ago. You know, you have to address both of those positions. I thought that he did a better job addressing the line up front than they did the pass rush. But, uh, you know, he was someone who, you know, traded back, got some additional picks and uh, still landed a guy who I thought was a great fit for them. I mean, Quentin Nelson, you know, at at, uh, number six overall. You know, when you talk about offensive linemen, you know, usually you're talking about, you know, a a guy who can be, um, you know, who can be powerful in the running game or um, someone who's, um, you know, nimble, um, someone who can pull 
Maybe there's someone, you know, in pass protection with a with an easy kick slide or someone who plays with excellent leverage. Um, this guy's a total package, man. And, uh, you know, someone who I think could end up being a pro bowler in his first year. Um, just a nasty physical guy, you know, just really wants to maul you, beat you up and finish you, drive you to the ground and just bury you. Um, I think everyone's seen the LSU tape where he's actually taking a linebacker that's coming in off of a stunt and uh, just picks him up and just drives him down into the ground. Just that body slam was uh, it was pretty awesome to see. Um, you know, he's, he's, like I said, he's, he's fleet of foot, you know, for, for a big guy can get up and, uh, you know, quickly on those pulley, you know, as a pulling guard and he's a lead blocker. But what's interesting is, is he's so under control. He knows exactly where he's going. He knows what his assignment is. And he's going to line up that defender, you know, really square him up and, and drive him down the football field. And then once he's got you locked on, I expect you to drive him to the, you know, he's going to drive you to the ground. You know, I think he plays with excellent pad, um, pad level um, and, and leverage, you know, the hands stay inside, you know, on, on the, the defender and really just, you know, he doesn't let go and just can sit down anchor and uh, you know, is very stout at the point of attack. Um, you know, over 800 snaps uh, a season ago and never gave up a sack. Uh, to me, Quentin Nelson is a plug and play day one starter um, at the uh, offensive guard position. Now, what they did with their their second, you know, of four second round picks. I mean, Chris Ballard, you know, kudos to you. I mean, seriously, when you have four four second round picks, you really can do a lot, um, you know, to address your line. And when you're talking about you know, your, your offensive line, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, Andrew Luck, you know, in that shoulder, is he going to stay healthy? You know, that's really the big concern. I think that all Colts fans have is, is, is that shoulder going to hold up? You know, and, and I think everyone's saying that the answer is yes, that, you know, Hey, this guy's shoulder can hold up. Um, and I think that's really the expectation right now, but, um, you know, you still have to, you know, 56 sacks, you know, that's, that's something, um, you know, you can't have him taking those hits. And so with their second pick in, in round number two, they pick up Braden Smith out of Auburn, um, you know, 6'6", 315 pounds, an excellent athlete, bench press 225, 35 times, you know, had a 35-inch vertical leap, um, just very powerful at the point of attack. He's got to pay play with a with a low pad level though i think that's really where he got himself into trouble if he fires off the line and, and plays low he's six six you gotta get that center of gravity low and just stay down if he can do that that power just driving guys off the line that leg drive you know he can really be a be a player um you know opposite uh, uh quentin nelson but if that pad level rises up, if he starts to stand upright um that really negates a lot of his strength a lot of you know what he does um and, uh, you know, it, it, he, a lot of times he'll just get either, you know, uh, stifled there at, uh, at the line of scrimmage or, uh, he'll actually get driven back as a result. So that's something that I think, you know, the Colts are really going to have to make sure that they address with him. Um, their first second round pick, gosh, I really love the pick. I actually had them, had, uh, Darius Leonard going to Indy in round three. Um, but I'm glad that he went in round two. Um, 6'2", 237 pounds. Colts are transitioning from a 4-3, you're transitioning to a 4-3 defense. Um, you know, they're going to need to, you know, really work out their, their personnel. And, uh, I think, you know, Leonard is a, he's an instinctive linebacker, sideline to sideline range. Um, you know, had some impressive tackle numbers that he racked up at uh, South Carolina State. 
Um, you know, I, I thought he was very quick to diagnose plays. Um, he does a great job avoiding blocks, takes excellent angles, comes downhill to fill holes as well. Uh, the lateral agility and burst to get outside on the perimeter runs. You know, I think he trusts his eyes as a, you know, in, in, uh, in pass coverage. Um, you know, you know, the, the football IQ, I think definitely jumps off, off the, uh, off the tape as well. Um, you know, so in addition to the 381 tackles, um, you know, back to back, you know, hundred tackle seasons, um, you know, he, he did record eight sacks as a senior. Um, so I, I think he's someone who can get to the quarterback, you know, he can make plays on the football. And, you know, I said that he could drop into coverage, uh, 13 pass breakups in his career. Um, you know, he, he did run a four, seven at the combine, which is somewhat pedestrian. Um, but you know, I think he makes up for it in, in the intelligence, you know, and, and being able to diagnose plays early, really trusting his eyes. Well, I think that's a great pick, uh, for, for Chris Ballard, um, at the top of, uh, of round two. So the last two picks in round two, I said that they needed to get a pass rush that they needed to address. And they did just that, uh, Kimoko Ture out of, out of Rutgers, um, you know, with the 20th pick in the, uh, in in the second round and then just 12 picks later they pick up Tyquan Lewis out of uh out of Ohio State I should say the Ohio State um and you know the thing with Kamoko Ture is you know I think he's someone who is is still raw still learning the position um someone who I, I think had a tremendous freshman year and uh you know as a freshman you know, seven and a half sacks. And, uh, you know, he finished his, uh, his four years with the Scarlet Knights with 15 and a half sacks. So he never was really able to, um, get back to that level of production. I think he's stiff in his hips a little bit, not always able to dip the, you know, uh, dip coming off the, off the edge, but somebody who's uh, relentless, you know, working off to the, off the football. And, uh, you know, he, uses his hands very well as, you know, um, so he, he's someone, I think there are some tools that they can work with, um, but you know, I, I'm really a fan of Taekwon Lewis. You know, he, he ran in the four sixes at, uh, at his pro day there with the Buckeyes and, you know, for a rotational player, you know, and he's someone who's probably going to be in a rotation with Indy. I think with the Buckeyes, he showed you what, you know, he could potentially be doing at the next level, you know, in his career, you know, you're talking about, you know, 36 and a half tackles for loss, 23 and a half sacks, um, you know, five forced fumbles, uh, five pass breakups as well in his career. So he made the most of his time out there on the football field. You know, he's someone who is, is stout at the point of attack and uh, can set the edge against the run. I'm a big Taekwon Lewis fan. I thought that that was actually a better pick than uh, than Kimoko Ture. Ture's more potential, um, and I think Lewis is someone who can make an impact right away. So we then had to wait until day three for the Colts to make a pick. And, you know, with the fourth pick in the fourth round, they take Naeem Hines out of NC State. Uh, you know, Hines came to the Wolfpack as a wide receiver, uh, but he leaves as a thousand yard, uh, thousand yard rusher. Um, you know, when you look at the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts running game, obviously Frank Gore is gone, um, but uh, Marlon Mack is going to be your starter. And, uh, you know, with, with Josh Ferguson and, and uh, Robert Turbin and, and Kristen Michael, you know, you look at some of those guys, um, you know, I really wonder, 
um, you know, who's going to end up sticking on that roster because I think Naeem Hines is going to be a perfect change of pace back and someone who's going to be catching footballs out of the backfield. I mean, he's a receiver, so he knows how to run routes um, and, you know, really, you know, excellent hands. Um, but he's, he's has that burst, um, you know, that, that extra burst to, to take it to the house. Um, you know, he, he was the fastest running back at the combine with a four, three, eight, 40, you know, he's just five, eight and 198 pounds. So you worry about, you know, his, uh, you know, being able to take a pounding there at the next level. But, you know, I think he's someone who is going to be a nice compliment for Marlon Mack in the backfield. Great pick by the Colts there in, in round four. Uh, in round five, uh, they took a couple of more uh, skill position players. Um, you know, D- uh, Dries Fountain out of uh, Northern Iowa, someone who can get vertical in the passing game, um, has uh, uh, some returnability as well. Uh, Jordan Wilkins, you know, he's 6'1", 217 pounds uh, out of Ole Miss. Uh, someone who's going to be kind of a, a you know, some bring some physicality there uh, to the position. Um, and... Uh, you know, he was a thousand yard rusher for, uh, for Ole Miss, um, you know, a, a season ago. And, uh, you know, I think he's someone who, you know, he's going to be battling, you know, Robert Turbin and, uh, and Michael and Ferguson, you know, the veterans, um, for us, for a spot on the roster. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, when we get into training camp, whether or not he's going to be able to, to beat out any of the incumbents there. Um, round six, they go with another receiver and, and Deion Kane. Deion Kane, you know, very, um, very raw as a receiver. I think if you watched, uh, watched any Clemson games, what you saw was a guy who essentially, you know, he, he had that nine route down in his repertoire, but you didn't see him run a whole lot of routes in his route tree. You know, but, you know, one of the things that he was able to do was, was stretch defenses make plays down the football field. And, you know, he always found the end zone, you know, 20, 20 touchdowns in, in his three years with, with the Tigers. Um, But, you know, if you were to look at Indy, if there was anything that they needed to address that I, I, you know, question whether or not they're really able to do so, was that the receiver position? You know, you have uh, T.Y. Hilton, um, but after that you have Ryan Grant, you have Chester Rogers, you have Fountain and, and Kane that are, that are coming in. But uh, you know, you're really expecting them. You know, at some point you had those four picks in, in round two. Um, you know, one of those. You know, I would have expected them to to use on a wide out. You know, there are plenty of guys that came off off the boards in round two. Um, you know, so I, I I thought that you know, especially when you're looking at Darius Leonard, they probably could have used their second or third second round pick on Leonard and still been able to land a, a wideout that could make plays down the field. I mean, some of the guys that came off the board in round two, you know, from Dante Pettis uh, to, to Christian Kirk, Cortland Sutton, you know, a lot of those guys were sitting there in um, on in round two. Um, you know, so it'll be, you know, something that you'll have to kind of keep an eye on um, as they as uh, we get closer to training camp. Are they going to make a deal? Are they going to try to uh, to pick up a wide receiver at some point? Uh, round seven, you know, they they're again converting from um, you know three four to a four three, so they get Matthew Adams out of Houston, a guy who is is um, I think he's a little bit more versatile than uh, Z- uh, Zaire Franklin out of Syracuse, uh, someone who can also drop into coverage. I think Zaire Alexander is a, a physical, um, you know, uh, physical presence. You know, he's a thumper coming downhill, filling holes, and uh, you know, is someone who's going to be playing around the line of scrimmage. Um, so that'll give them, you know, some guys who I think can come in and uh, you know potentially make a team 
um, as a as a special teams guy, but someone who can provide some depth um, at the Mike backer there. Overall, I thought you know Chris Ballard, you know did a great job um, you know in the draft, you know securing some additional picks, getting some impact players, addressing um, you know some some critical needs for um, you know for the organization. Jacksonville Jaguars. So Jacksonville, you know, I was expecting them to take a take a receiver and a tight end early. They did with the receiver. They didn't on a tight end. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I was really surprised that they didn't go tight end with, with one of their first picks. Um, you know, that was one of the things that was kind of surprising to me. They did let, uh, you know, um, Mercedes Lewis go. And when you're looking at that tight end position, you know, after that, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins, Niles Paul, not really going to strike fear, um, you know, in, uh, um, you know, in opposing defenses, you know, David Greenwich, uh, Ben Koyak, James O'Shaughnessy, you know, three guys that, uh, that really haven't made, you know, much of an impact uh, in the receiving game. But uh, they, they decided to pass on Hayden Hurst, Mike Gesicki, um, you know, Mark Andrews, um, you know, a lot of the top tight ends that were there on the board, um, you know, and they, they pass on a receiver in round one. And, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, defensive tackle was going to be a need, but I didn't think it was a number one need. When you have someone with the talent of, of Taven Bryan fall in your lap, uh, you have to take him, you know, and, and Taven Bryan, you know, at 29 overall, you know, I had him coming off the board, 26 to the Falcons. You know, we could have gone in the top 20 to the Lions, um, you know, if, um, you know, if Matt Patricia decided that he wanted to go in that direction, um, you know, they have Marcel Darius and they have um, Link Jackson, but depth is an issue behind them. And, uh, you know, Taven Bryan, he's, he's raw, you know, he's someone who has that, that, that physical ability though. Uh, and that burst off, off the ball and just so strong with his upper body, you know, able to, to rip through, um, powerful swim move as well, um, gets into the backfield. And I think what's funny is, you know, you, you watch him and he gets he gets penetration, gets into the backfield so quick, um, you know, that a lot of times you know, he's you know a seek and destroy mission going after the quarterback a lot of times, and that running back will end up running by him. You know, really, it's it's not funny, but at the same time, it's almost like he has a one track mind, and and it's one of those things to where when you can get him to really have some better awareness out there and really you know track that football. Um, it's going to be a scary thing, you know, and, you know, learning from Darius and, and Jackson, uh, I think is going to allow him to develop a lot, a lot quicker than, than he would otherwise. Um, so at the end of the day with it, I, I think that's a great pick at, at number 29 overall. And, you know, what's funny is, um, I actually had them, uh, taking DJ Chark, who was their second round pick in the first round. And, and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, DJ Chark, I think is going to be a better pro than he was a, a college player. You know, LSU ran the ball. Um, you know, the, the run to, to pass ratio was two to one, uh, but he made the most of, of his plays. You know, he, he had, uh, you know, 40 receptions, but, uh, you know, was you know, averaged almost 22 yards per reception for those, uh, you know, for those plays. He's 6'3", 198 pounds, ran a 4'3", 440. Um, you know, that's to me, you know, you look at him, he's going to be a vertical threat. And uh, he has the size to potentially be a, a number one wideout. You know, when you lose Allen Robinson, you lose Allen Hearns, the Allens. Um, you know, you, you have to to find uh, another receiver. Um, they did bring in Dante Moncrief, but look, you know, he, he's got to you know step up. 
uh, because he's yet to even eclipse the 400 yard uh, mark yet um, in the in the NFL. And you look at the other receivers: Marquise Lee, um, you know, Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook, Rashad Green, all guys who I think are number two, number three guys. You know, guys that can play in the slot, can stretch the defense a little bit, but they're not really going to be a number one. I think D.J. Chark has that ability uh, to be a number one wideout. I think that's a steal in round two, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. Is he going to be another, um, you know, great LSU wideout? Um, you know, that's producing at the next level. In round three, Ronnie Harrison out of Alabama. Safety, you know, taken with the the 29th pick in the third round. Um, I was surprised that he was on the board that long. 6'3", 214 pounds, heat-seeking missile, a guy who's going to be physical on the the back end. He doesn't wrap up all that much, so, you know, he's someone who's going to have to learn to wrap up at the next level. Otherwise, that's really going to get him into trouble. Um, It could possibly, you know, costly to to the checkbook as well. But uh, someone who I think can drop into coverage, can play over the top a little bit, has really good range, and uh, he's someone who could play around the line of scrimmage, someone that they could move um, into kind of, uh, you know, if they wanted to go with a, um, you know, a 3-4 look, you know, you could potentially have him be that fourth linebacker, play him in the, um, you know, in the box a little bit with Miles Jack, Telvin Smith. They love their, their uh, athletic linebackers. And uh, so, you know, that's something that I think you could potentially see there with with Ronnie Harrison. First pick on, on day three, I thought was a great pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, you know, Jeremy Parnell is is slated right now to be their, uh, their right tackle. But, uh, you know, Parnell, uh, you know, he's, uh, let's see, he's 31 years of age. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's... Signed through the 2019 season, if I remember correctly off the top of my head. And let's see. Yeah, he signed through the 2020 season, which is going to give uh, you know, Will, Will uh, Richardson out of NC State time to develop and ultimately be his replacement. You know, the thing that I really like about Will Richardson, you know, is obviously his length. You know, 6'5", 306 pounds, 35-inch arms. Um, you know, he, he's someone who's very physical at the point of attack, um, you know, generates a lot of movement, um, you know, as well in the ground game. And he was, he was underrated as a, as a pass protector as well. Uh, prototypical, your know, right tackle at the next level. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think they've got the right tackle of the future on the roster now. Curious pick in the sixth round, Tanner Lee out of Nebraska. Um, you know, I was, you know, I was underwhelmed overall, um, watching, uh, you know, Tanner Lee play, you know, especially when he was at the senior bowl, um, just, you know, big arm, but he was very inaccurate. Um, you know, they needed to pick up a, a quarterback at some point, uh, in the draft. You know, you look at, uh, you know, some of the quarterbacks that, that came off the board, um, you know, ahead of him, you know, obviously, you know, you had the, the big five, um, that came off the board in round one, Mason Rudolph, in round three, you know, and then you had Laletta, Mike White, uh, Luke Falk. Um, you know, one guy that didn't get drafted was Riley Ferguson out of Memphis. Um, you know, there were other receiver or other quarterbacks. You know, and really, you know, Tanner Lee, he's going to be a project. He's someone who I, I think you know you, there is there are some physical skills. You know, I think he's he's athletic. He does have a big arm, accuracy. You know, he's got a long way to go. Um, you know, in terms of the accuracy, but you know, when you have Bortles as a starter, you have Cody Kessler, you don't need him to come in and be a guy, be the guy right away. But uh, I think there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done there with Tanner Lee. 
Um, you look at the round seven picks, um, you know, Logan Cook, uh, they took with the, the 29th pick in the seventh round. Uh, you know, he's probably going to be their starting punter. Um, you know, I thought he did a, a solid job there for, uh, for Mississippi State. You know, he was also their kickoff guy. Um, you know, Leon Jacobs, um, you know, the 12th pick uh, of the seventh round out of Wisconsin. A tremendous athlete at the, at the linebacker position. Um, you know, he, he actually worked out at the combine with the edge rushers. His 44840 was was tops among everybody there. Very strong as well. You know, 26 reps at uh, in the bench press. Um, you know, he's 6'3, 246 pounds, but again, he's another guy whose physical skills, um, you know, the production didn't match, uh, match up with those physical skills. You know, he was someone who seemed to be around the ball quite a bit but never was the guy that was actually finishing and making plays. I think that's why he's coming off the board in round seven. But the Jaguars love their athletic outside linebackers, so I think he's someone who could come in there, potentially be a special teams guy, and uh, possibly make the roster, possibly as a practice squad guy as well, as he continues to develop. Kansas City. So the Kansas City Chiefs, they traded up to to pick up uh, Patrick Mahomes, so they were without a first-round pick. So they had their first pick, 14th pick in the second round. They take Breland Speaks out of uh, out of Ole Miss, and uh, you know I'll, I'll tell you, Breland Speaks was a guy that I was um, I was really high on. I thought he's somebody who um, has the potential to be a, a, a sleeper in the draft. He was someone that I was really hoping would would come back um, for his senior season because I think he you know he was just really scratching the surface of his potential. You know, had seven sacks as a junior. I thought that he was really starting to to kind of come into his own. He's very versatile. Um, you know, I think that's something that is is really, um, really impressive. Is the versatility? I think he's able to line up, you know, as a um, as a three technique in a, in a three four. I think he can also play, um, you know, inside a defensive tackle. Um, you know, uh, he was just very active. You know, his fourth fourth on the team in tackles with with sixty one. Um, like I said, good movement skills, you know, um, able to move laterally, chase down the running play from, from behind. Um, you know, he's someone who um, I really want to see if he can develop some pass rush skills. Um, you know, it was, I'm surprised, you know, I see a lot of people talking about him, uh, potentially lining up at, uh, at outside linebacker. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily see that he's six, three, uh, 287 pounds, um, I don't know that I really, you know, when I, when you say Breland speaks, I don't think of, you know, outside linebacker in a three, four, he did run a four, eight, seven, 40, but again, you know, six, three, two, 83, you know, I, you know, I, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, I think J- Justin Houston's a keeper on the outside, but, uh, you know, D Ford really struggled with, with his production and, uh, you know, it, it's something to really keep an eye on. Is he someone that's going to ultimately move outside? You know, when, you know, Kansas City, uh, you know, their pass defense you know, gave, up, gave up the fifth, fifth most passing yards per game. And, uh, you know, they also finished the year with just 31 sacks, which was good for uh, 24th in the league. So that's something that, you know, they're going to have to really shore up um, in terms of getting to the quarterback and also, um, you know, preventing a lot of the big plays over the top. Breland Speaks, the guy that can do that. Another guy that they have that they brought in. They needed to address that nose tackle position. And Derek Noddy is just a bowling ball of a guy. You know, 6'1", uh, 317 pounds. A guy who, you know, can really, you know, he, he's someone who, you know, can either line up 
you know, at the nose in a 4-3 or a 3-4. And you really saw that quite a bit uh, with Florida State. Um, you know, it was a, a defense that I think really showcased uh, Nadi very well um, you know, because he was able, you know, his versatility. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at him, you know, 24 tackles for loss, 11 and a half sacks. You know, so he was, he was able to get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, you know, so I, I think, you know, when you're looking at, uh, the fits for Kansas city, they were looking for guys who can put pressure on the QB collapse the pocket a little bit. Um, so I think that's what they did with their first two picks. Uh, Dorian O'Daniel, um, an undersized outside linebacker for Cleveland. They took him in round three. I thought that was a little early for him. Um, you know, 6'1", 223 pounds, ran a 4'6", 140. Um, when you watch him play, I think his, his football speed is a lot faster than his, uh, his combine speed. Uh, you know, that 40 time, you know, I thought he played a lot faster than that. But I think he's undersized. He's someone who's probably going to have to kick inside to inside backer. Um, a guy who's going to be a special teams ace. Um, and hopefully he'll be able to see the field a little bit um, on, on defense. But uh, again, you know, third round, I thought that was a little, little soon for him. Fourth round, Armani Watts out of Texas A&M. Uh, someone who, you know, if you look at, at at his production, he was a guy, you know, was was there, um, you know, played all four years there for for the Aggies. I thought that he he was a playmaker in in all facets of the game. You know, if you look at him in 2015, uh, 126 uh, tackles. Um, you know, in 2016, you know, he had, uh, you know, he he looked very well. Um, you know, uh, against the pass, um, you know, in 2017, you know, he had 10 tackles for loss, you know, and, uh, and four interceptions. So you know, I think he's someone who, who does a great job tracking the ball, has some good ball skills, um, excellent leaper. Um, you know, he, he plays a lot bigger than his size. He's 5'10", 190 pounds. You know, and I think he's someone who can come in for the Chiefs and and line up at free safety opposite Eric Berry and probably come in day one and be the starter um, in, in Kansas City. Um, you know, sixth round they took uh, Tremont Smith um, out of Central Arkansas to provide some depth at the cornerback position. Um, you know, you've got Keith Reeser, uh, you know, Stephen Nelson, uh, Kendall Fuller, um, you know, David Amerson was brought in. Um, you know, they're really looking for some identity there in the secondary, um, especially with, uh, you know, with, with uh, Marcus Peters no longer on the roster. Um, you know, it is a little curious that they didn't go with a cornerback sooner. Um, again, I said that they did, you know, give up the fifth most passing yards per game. Um, and that's something that I think is going to be a little concerning. You know, they didn't address the cornerback position until, uh, you know, the, the sixth round and, you know, just pulling it up real quick. Let's see when they when he came off the board. Uh, oh gosh, you know they 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 missed out on some guys there in in round six. You know round five. You know Perry Nickerson was a guy who fell all the way to round six. Um, you know the Jets and you know he's a playmaker. You know sixteen interceptions. Um, you know, knows how to make plays on the football. Six foot, one hundred eighty pounds. After that, um, you know. Just a couple of picks later, Chris Campbell out of Penn State uh, comes off the board. Um, so, you know, it was just really, really curious, you know, with, with KC that they waited as long as they did. Um, you know, and, and I think because, you know, the lack of playmakers, Tremont Smith may actually have a chance to, to make the roster. Uh, Khalil McKenzie out of, uh, you know, Tennessee um, with the final pick there uh, in the sixth round. 
Um, you know, someone who, um, you know, you look at the three, four scheme it is, you know, Khalil McKenzie going to be a fit. It was six, five, 314 pounds, um, only 31 and a half inch arms, but he does have some good explosion. Uh, ran a five, one, five forty, you know, 26, uh, reps in the bench press. Um, you know, he's, he's the son of, uh, Oakland Raider GM, um, Reggie McKenzie. Um, but I just don't know if he's the right fit there in, in KC. So, you know, it, it was one of those things. I don't know if it was just because, um, you know, his, his dad, um, you know, is an AFC West foe and they, you know, they, that's why they picked him there in, in round six. Um, you know, I really would have liked to have seen him go to a team that's, uh, you know, that runs a 43 defense. You know, I thought that would have been a place where he would have been able to excel. Okay. Los Angeles chargers. So I think Charger fans were really looking for a run stuffer, someone that was going to be able to plug the middle for them. You know, I, I know that I was looking for that for them. Um, you know, in, in round one, you know, Vita Vea, you know, was he going to be there? Um, you know, I, I didn't think that he was going to be there, but I thought that Deron Payne um, had a chance to be there um, with the the 17th overall pick. Um, you know, I, I was expecting. Uh, Washington to potentially look after a, a defensive tackle. Um, I was not expecting the Bucks to go ahead and uh, and take Vea. So ultimately, when you, when you're looking at uh, at the Chargers, you know, you're wondering what what they're going to do. Um, you know, they they went nine and seven, and uh, they actually were in a four way tie record wise with Baltimore, Tennessee, and Buffalo. Um, you know, but they they ultimately made it on you know based on the tiebreakers. And, uh, you know, that run defense, you know, they gave up 131 yards per game on the ground, which uh, ranked them 31st in the league. So, I mean, when you're talking about that, uh, you know, what, what they did up front, you know, Brandon Meebane, 33 years of age, you know, and then you're looking at Corey Leggett, um, who is suspended for the first four games um, due to uh, the um, substance abuse. Um, so... You know, to me, I, I thought that that defensive tackle position was going to be, you know, what they were going to be addressing there in round one. Um, with both of those guys off the board, you know, you, you, it would have been a head scratcher. You know, where are they going to go? But uh, lo and behold, Derwin James falls into their lap to be a, you know, a day one starter at the strong safety position. I think this is a steal for them. You know, there's definitely a hole, um, you know, at the safety position. I actually had uh, Ronnie Harrison penciled in. Um, for them in round two, um, you know, and just looking at uh, at the Charger lineup, you know, it made sense for them to go after a safety at some point um, in the first three rounds. I was surprised that Derwin James. I think everybody was that he fell as far as he did. Um, you know, was a freshman All American. I think it you know been well chronicled. Um, you know, tore his uh, you know his knee up against Charleston Southern um, in the third game in, in 2016. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, when he came into um, came back in 2017, he, you know, he, he wasn't the guy that was really the, the playmaker um, on the outside as much. You know, he was someone who was very much more you know, playing around uh, the line of scrimmage, you know, and he didn't look like he was as sure of his reads. And that was one of the things that I think you know, might have scared some teams away a little bit. Um, but uh, he's definitely a physical presence, a guy who. Um, you know, he's a, a freakish athlete, high football IQ, but he's, he's going to come up and he's really, you know, he's going to, he's going to be a violent hitter. Um, you know, I think he puts himself in, in position to make plays on the football. Um, you know, he, he just does a good job diagnosing plays. 
Um, you know, he is versatile enough to play both in the box and over the top. You know, you've seen him play, you know, strong safety, free safety, um, and kind of a hybrid linebacker position. And I'll be curious to see if uh, the Chargers use him in a similar similar way. Uh, round two, you know, I, I was expecting to see them take that the, that that nose tackle, um, you know, or or, or the you know a, a three technique, but instead they opted for Uchenna Nwosu out of USC. Now look, you know, I, I'm not not knocking you know, Uchenna. Um, because I think he's someone who I think has a chance to excel at the next level. Um, but I, I, again, you know, when you're you're trying to find uh, ways to, you know, uh, address that 31st ranked rush defense, you know, um, bringing in another pass rusher, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily the way to go, especially when you have Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, you know, um, sitting there, um, you know, on uh, on the roster, you know, unless there's something that they're potentially preparing for. Um, you know, I thought it was a little curious pick, you know, but, you know, Nuosu, um, you know, nine and a half sacks a season ago, um, you know, and I think what really is, is staggering is, is those 13 pass breakups, you know, someone who, you know, he, he does, does a great job. You know, I think all of the, the Trojan, uh, defenders do an excellent job with their hands, uh, being able to, to, to get the edge rushing the passer, but they also understand um, when and how to get their hands into the passing lane. They read the quarterback's eyes very well. They drop, they get their hands up, and uh, and they knock those passes away. Um, so I, I think he's someone who can be a, definitely be a good pro. I, I just question the fit, question the pick. Um, but you know he's someone who gets to stay home there in L.A. with the Chargers, and uh, he, he's someone, to me, I'm really excited to see play at the next level. Third round, Justin Jones out of NC State. You know, of the the three players um, on that defensive front for the Wolfpack, um, you know, he was he was the third in terms of uh, in terms of the rankings. You know, you have um, Bradley Chubb, obviously, um, you know, and then B.J. Hill, you know, who could get to the quarterback a little bit. Um, you know, Justin Jones, 6'1", 310 pounds. You know, he was more of a guy that, uh, you know, is going to be, you know, he, he's short but stout, um, you know, and, and was an anchor, you know, was able to, to take up, you know, double teams, free up the linebackers a little bit. And that might be really what they were looking at is, is okay, Justin Justin Jones is not a guy who's going to make a ton of plays, um, you know, eight and a half uh, tackles for loss and two and a half sacks. Um, but really what you can look at is, you know, you can credit him with taking on a lot of the blockers, allowing other guys on, on that team to make plays, you know, in addition to, to Bradley Chubb and, uh, BJ Hill making plays on that defensive front. You know, you had, uh, Darian Roseboro, um, you had, uh, you know, Gerard uh, Fernandez, uh, Arias, uh, right at the linebacker position, Sean Boone at safety, you know, a lot of guys that were flying around to the football and, uh, you know, big, big reason for that is, is you have Justin Jones, who's, you know, he was a run stuffer, you know, and that's really what, uh, what the Chargers needed. You know, I was just kind of surprised that they went with him in, in round three. Um, you know, I was expecting to kind of see some other guys, um, you know, that, that the Chargers could have gone after, um, at, at you know, at, at earlier points in the, in, uh, you know, possibly an inside linebacker, um, or, or an offensive tackle, um, you know, because if you take a look at uh, the the Charger lineup, um, you know Hayes Pollard right now is, is playing at uh, at at, uh, at the Mike Backer position. 
Um, there, there could be an upgrade that's needed there. Uh, Joe Barksdale still playing at right tackle for them. Um, I think that's an area of need. Um, ultimately, you know, and really Russell Okung, you know, you, you wonder, um, you know, how long you know, he'll be there in a Charger uniform as well. Um, so it, it was interesting that they took uh, Justin Jones that early. I thought he probably could have been there, uh, you know, on day three and, and still could have gotten their run stuffer. So we moved to, to day three and we have Kaiser White out of West Virginia and, you know, you already had uh, Derwin James, but you're bringing in another safety who plays around the box. You know, he, you know he's a, another guy who, um, you know, for the Mountaineers, uh, you know, West Virginia, you know, Kazir White was someone who played around the box quite a bit. Uh, I think he did, ha- you know, show, showcase some coverage ability um, there in the slot. You know, seven and a half uh, tackles for loss, 94 tackles overall. Did have three interceptions, four pass breakups, um, but you know it's 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 something to where you know you're, you've got a similar uh, safety there. So in terms of you know he'll provide some depth, but you know when I look at Kaiser White, I see a, a prototypical strong safety, six uh, two, two hundred fifteen pounds. Um, you know unless they're going to ultimately pair him up with uh, Derwin James, you know, and Derwin James does have the versatility to play either safety position. So maybe that's the mindset there. Um, you know, then, you know, if that is the case, you could potentially be set at, uh, at the safety position for, for quite a while. Um, you know, Scott Quessenberry, um, in, in round five, uh, the UCLA product, you know, when you're looking up front, you know, you have, uh, you have Mike Pouncey sitting there at the, um, at the center position, you know, Scott, uh, Scott Questenberry, you know, played uh, center for the Bruins, um, but he's someone who could definitely translate and be, um, you know, be a guard at the next level. You know, you look at the guards right now, you have Dan Feeney, you have Forrest Lamp, you know, there are some injury concerns there, you know, and, and I think this is really kind of a depth pick right now. Um, you know, Mike Pouncey, um, you know, signed a two-year deal, um, so there's no guarantee that he's going to be beyond the roster, um, you know, a- after those two seasons, um, you know, I think Questenberry you know, is going to provide some, some depth there along the interior of that offensive line. Dylan Cantrell in round six out of Texas tech, you know, to me, I look at Dylan Cantrell, you know, he made some plays for, for Texas tech on the outside. Um, you know, surprising athleticism, you know, for this, this guy, um, you know, I think he had a you know, vertical leap that was approaching 40 inches, um, you know, some, some decent speed on the outside as well. Um, but you know, it was, it was a curious pick, you know, when you look at some of the receivers that were still on the board, uh, Equinemia St. Brown, uh, Cedric Wilson, Javon Wims, um, Braxton Berrios, uh, Marcel Aitman. And then of course, you know, the guy that I'm a huge fan of Alan Lazard wasn't even drafted. Um, you look at the Charger receivers. You have uh, Keenan Allen. You have uh, Tyrell Williams. You have Mike uh, Mike Williams. Um, and, you know, and then there's Travis Benjamin. Um, you know, Dylan Cantrell. Where is he going to fit in? Is he going to be a possession receiver? Is he going to be a big body guy in the in um, in the red zone? Just kind of an odd pick. Um, you know, in my opinion, you know, that 17th pick there in the sixth round, um, especially with a lot of those other receivers that were on the board. Um, in the seventh round, they take Justin Jackson um, as uh, you know a running back out of North Northwestern, and I think he's someone who could definitely be a, a great complement to uh, Melvin Gordon. You know, he, he he's someone who 
um, you know, had a lot of miles on his on those legs, but uh, you know, I thought he was one of the faster um, faster running backs there at the combine. Um, ran a let's see, I think it was a four five two. Yeah, four five two at the combine, six foot, one hundred ninety nine pounds. You know, ran for you know for fifty four hundred yards um, for the Wildcats. Uh, 41 total touchdowns, 122 receptions um, in his career as well. So he's somebody who's definitely going to be versatile, um, was very productive um, for Northwestern, um, a durable back as well. But when you're looking at the number of touches, you know, 11, uh, 1,142 uh, carries and then another 122 receptions, um, you know, that's the one thing that you really worry about for him is all those, all that wear and tear and the mileage. That's why he fell all the way to round seven. But if he can prove that he can be durable enough, uh, at the next level, I think he could potentially be a nice, uh, change of pace for, uh, Melvin Ingram. Which takes us to the Rams, the other LA team. Uh, and the NFC West champs, you know, Sean McVay in his, in his first season, uh, just really turned around the organization. And then in the off season, uh, you know, he and Les Snead were, were very active. Um, you know, in case you didn't notice, uh, they brought in two of the top cornerbacks in the league, um, you know, in, uh, Aqib Tlaib and, uh, you know, Marcus Peters. Then what do they do? They they bring in arguably you know the the, the top defensive tackle uh, and Indomitian Sue. You know you look at the three of them. You know, is that locker room going to be big enough for for the three of them and their personalities? Um, you know that's going to be a big question for for Wade Phillips. Is you know how are all these these uh, these guys going to be able to coexist? Um, but you know a very formidable um, you know front uh, for the Rams. With with Brockers, Sue, and uh, and Aaron Donald, you know, and then obviously you have the corners that are out there, um, in, in in Peters and uh, and Talib, but in order to do that, they had to trade away, um, you know, Ro- uh, Robert Quinn. They had to let also uh, trade away uh, Alec Ogletree, um, you know, Mark, uh, Mark, I'm sorry, uh, Connor Barwin is is still a free agent. You know, which leaves Mark Barron as the only returning starter at uh, at the linebacker position. Um, you know, if, if they were to start today, their outside linebackers would be Matt Longacre and uh, Samson Ekebom. Um, You know, a couple of guys that showed some you know uh, so showed some promise a season ago, but definitely you know not guys that are going to strike some fear um, into opposing offenses. But you know, when you're looking at, you know, you've got those those corners that are shored up and you've got a, a defensive line that's going to be taking on a ton of blockers, taking a lot of attention, you know, those linebackers, um, you know, they're going to be counted on to make a lot of plays and they'll be able to, you know, they might be seeing men, um, you know, a single, uh, a single blocker might have a free run uh, to the ball. Um, so it really, you know, it was interesting to see where, where the, the Rams would go in this draft. Uh, first pick. Uh, in the third round was Joe Noteboom out of out of TCU. You know, six five, three hundred nine pounds. Um, you know, very athletic guy. Um, they're at the offensive tackle position. You um, ran a four nine six forty, a one seven two split. Um, you know, so when you're talking about the the ten yard ten yard split and how that translates, you know, um, you know, firing off the ball, um, showing some of that short burst and that uh, you know short area uh, acceleration. 
Um, you know, that's really what you're going to be translating to at the next level at the offensive tackle position. And note booms, you know, one, seven, two, 10 yard split was third among all the offensive linemen at the combine. Only Colton Miller and, and Brian O'Neill uh, were faster. Um, you know, so he's, he's someone who, you know, if you take a look at, at that offensive line, you know, Andrew Whitworth is 36, you know, Roger Saffold's going to be 30, uh, the center, you know, John Sullivan, you know, he's going to be 32. So, um, he's someone who's going to provide some immediate depth and he could end up, you know, is he going to be a tackle? Is he, is he going to be a guard at the next level? You know, things, you know, I think that's something that's going to be, be interesting to find out, see where, where he can get on, on the field, uh, immediately, but he has excellent length, you know, 34 and, and three eighths inch arms. Um, so to me, you know, it's, it's more, I, I think right now, if you look at, at him, I think he's someone who could provide some depth up front, um, and someone who could potentially work his way into a starting spot. Um, you know, in the fourth round, they, they ended up taking Brian Allen out of Michigan, you know, the veteran center, um, possibly taking over for, for John Sullivan there. Um, John Franklin Myers out of, uh, Stephen F. Austin, you know, uh, the, the, the defensive end, um, you know, this was a guy who, um, you know, he's, he's big, he's six four, two hundred eighty three pounds. Um, you know, a, a, you know, defensive end, you know, um, tweener type of guy, you know, he had 32 and seven eighths inch arms. So, you know, I, I think there's a concern there, but, you know, he had some good quickness and, you know, he's going to be playing, you know, with obviously, you know, some of the best defensive linemen, um, you know, up front, but, uh, you know, that length or lack thereof is something that's, I think, going to be a concern, um, at the next level, you know, something that he's really going to have to work with Wade Phillips on, on how he can get to the quarterback. In round five, um, the Rams, I thought, you know, did a great job. You know, they knew that they needed to take an inside linebacker. And, you know, I was actually surprised that Micah Kaiser out of Virginia um, was on the board this long, you know, because, you know, Micah Kaiser to me is a guy who, you know, it was very productive at the next level. I mean, at the collegiate level, he's someone who, you know, was a team captain, high character guy, high football IQ. Um, you know, the, the, the tackle production, you know, just kind of jumps off the chart. Um, you know, four-year career, he had, a, a, you know, four, 411 career tackles, including 145 a season ago. Um, you know, he's instinctive, he's aggressive, you know, he diagnoses plays quickly, flies downhill to the football, um, you know, he's a little limited athletically. He's kind of stiff. You know, he may be more of a two down linebacker. Um, but I think he works well through traffic, uses his hands well to get off blocks. Um, you know, and, and he's, he's, he's a playmaker when it, when it comes to arriving at the football, you know, he forced eight fumbles and broke up, uh, 13 passes in his career. I think he's someone who, who can be a veteran, uh, or, you know, a, a nice presence there in, in the middle of that defense. Um, you know, and, you know, they've got, you know, Bryce Hager, Rameek Wilson, uh, Corey Littleton um, as inside backers. That'll be challenging for that starting spot opposite Mark ba- or next to Mark Barron. I think Micah Kaiser is going to be a guy who's going to come in there and ultimately take that job away. Um, you know, I think it'll probably be sooner rather than later. In the fifth round, their, their second fifth round pick, they wind up taking Obo Okoronkwo out of Oklahoma. And Obo was a guy, you know, uh, full name Obanaya. Uh, was a guy who could definitely get after the quarterback, you know, and a lot of times that was one of the things, you know, I, I think watching him was, was kind of frustrating 
because you know he he was more of a, a pass rusher than anything else. You know he he had good power for his size, but you know a lot of times he'd get engulfed, he'd get caught inside way too often. Run plays would go outside on him. Um, but you know, twenty sacks in in his career, thirty three and a half tackles for loss. Um, you know another th- uh, thirteen quarterback hurries, um, eight pass breakups. You know and you know four uh, five force fumbles. Someone who, you know, when you look at that outside linebacker position again, you know, Samson Ekebaum, you know, someone who um, shows promise along with Matt Longacre there um, at outside backer. But I think he's someone who could definitely challenge for uh, for some playing time early. Uh, you know, probably earlier than than uh, you know people are going to be expecting. Um, you know, I, I really want to see some of that production. See him do more than just be a pass rush specialist. Um, because I think if, you know, that pass rush specialist, that was probably why he fell all the way to round five. I thought he was someone that could come off the board much sooner than that. You know, and, uh, you know, I, I think that lack of, um, lack of ability to play the run game really hurt his, his draft stock. So let's see. Rams went with John Kelly out of Tennessee in the sixth round. Um, when you take a look at at the Rams uh, and their the running game, you know after Gurley they have Malcolm Brown, they have Justin Davis um, out of out of uh, USC. And now adding John Brown and John Brown, you know, with some or I'm sorry, John Kelly. And, and I was expecting Kelly to come back um, for a senior season, but I think a lot of the question marks there, um, you know, with the the coaching staff being let go. Um, who was going to be brought in? You know, who was going to be able to, um, you know, to to really be that, you know, be the coach there, and who was also going to be playing quarterback for uh, the Volunteers? And uh, you know, so John Kelly comes out, and he's someone who I think is a little underrated. I think he was kind of flying under the radar. I think this is a great pick in round six for the Rams. They're looking for someone who can be. Um, you know, a change of pace type back, um, you know, with, with Gurley and John Kelly, 5'9", 200, uh, 205 pounds, um, not a ton of wear on, on, on the legs, only 327 carries in his career uh, a season ago, um, you know, 778 yards on the ground, nine touchdowns. Uh, in 2016, what was interesting was, uh, you know, he only had 98 carries, but had a six uh you know, 6.4 yard per carry average. Um, you know, and, and really, when you look at that 2017 season as a junior, 37 receptions, you know, as the primary back for the Volunteers. So I think he's going to be able to be productive in the passing game as well. Good pick by the Rams there at, um, in round six. Jamil Demby out of Maine, um, you know, as an offensive tackle, um, you know, someone who, I, you know, when I watched him, um, at the combine, I thought he was really stiff. Ran a 5.5840, a 1.94 split, 6.4, 319 pounds. You know, he's someone who I'm thinking is probably going to move inside to guard. Um, you know, Sebastian Joseph at defensive tackle. Um, you know, provide some depth there. I think he's going to struggle to make a roster spot. Uh, Trevin Young out of uh, out of Louisville. Um, you know, is someone who I think um, could potentially make a. Uh, make the roster as an outside linebacker, potentially push for some playing time, you know, especially you know when you're lacking some of that depth. Um, you know, I think they were looking for someone who, um, you know, who who can get to the quarterback off the edge. And you know, Trevin Young 
was someone who was on a lot of people's boards, a lot higher in the draft. And, uh, you know, really, I think one of the biggest things was just the fact that, um, you know, that, that sack number just really, that sack total just, you know, didn't translate in 2017. In 2015, um, you know, he uh, had eight and a half sacks and then, you know, uh, had had the injury that, uh, you know, made him miss the entire 2016 season, you know, was able to rebound and come back. But, uh, you know, that's something that, you know, it, he's going to have to work through and hopefully he can be, uh, you know, a, a guy that can be productive at the next level. Um, you know, 6'4", 254 pounds. You know, he does have a good burst, you know, and he does have some starter potential, um, but he does have to return to form, um, you know, following uh, you know, some, some injury concerns. Um, so I think those medicals really played a huge, uh, role in him falling. So he could potentially be a steal for the Rams there in round six, uh, Traven Howard at a TCU, uh, played outside linebacker. And, you know, he's one of those guys, he's 5'11", 211 pounds. Um, you know, he, he, you know, led, uh, led the Horn Frogs in tackles in, in three consecutive seasons, you know, and, and, and topped, uh, you know, the, the, the hundred tackle mark in all three of those years, um, you know, again, very undersized as a linebacker, ran a four, five, six, uh, 40 at his pro day. Um, you know, I, I think he's someone to me when I watched him play, um, he's someone who I think is probably going to end up being a, a safety at the next level. And I think that's really where he's going to end up. Uh, Justin Lawler, uh, their final pick there, um, in, in round seven, three year starter for, for the Mustangs, um, relentless getting after the quarterback, um, you know, he doesn't have top end speed, you know, he, he ran a disappointing 40 at the, at the combine at, at, uh, at his pro day. Um, I think it was a four, nine, five, um, you know, his arm length, you know, he's got 31 inch arms. So, you know, he's someone who you know, doesn't have the physical skills, but he's someone who has a nonstop motor, always going to, always going to be working at, uh, working to the quarterback and someone who I think was ultra productive, um, for, for SMU, um, Looking at, I'm trying to pull up his stats here um, for the SMU. Um, you know, let's see, 6'4", 265 pounds, um, but, uh, you know, 40 and a half tackles for loss and, and 20 and a half sacks. So he knows how to get into the backfield, knows how to uh, to get to the quarterback. And, uh, you know, he's playing for Wade Phillips. So, you know, Wade Phillips is going to find, find ways, uh, for his guys to get to the, get after the quarterback, even if they, they're undersized, even if they have shorter arms, uh, you know, Wade Phillips is, is you know, if there's anybody that's going to be able to get him to, to get to the quarterback, it's going to be Wade Phillips. And then finally, you know, we're at our number 10 team and we're way past time, but, uh, I've been enjoying breaking down, uh, these teams so far. So we'll go ahead and get through the Miami Dolphins here. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick going to the Miami, um, with the number 11 overall pick. You, know, you heard me, uh, you know, talk about if Miami was not going to go, uh, Vita Vea, um, at, uh, at defensive tackle to replace Andomican Sue, that uh, the, the Swiss Army knife uh, you know, of Alabama football, Minka Fitzpatrick, was going to be the guy off the board. Um, I, I think he's someone who can play in the nickel. You know, he can play corner on the outside. 
Um, you know, he can also be a center fielder. You know, you look at Rashad Jones and, and TJ McDonald, they're virtually the same guy that are, you know, playing uh, strong safety and free safety. They, 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 um, you know, Adam Gase has said that it didn't really work out too well with the two of them. You know, TJ McDonald is someone who could potentially be a, a linebacker in the blocks, um, but you need that center fielder. And I think Mick, Mika Fitzpatrick is going to be that guy. Day one starter, um, high football IQ, you know, and you watch, you know, the productivity, you know, all over the field and, you know, the way that he diagnoses plays, you know, he's someone who I think watches a ton of, t- uh, ton of game film and somebody who I think is going to be an impact starter right away. Now the tight end position, they, you know, they, they missed on, uh, on, on Julius Thomas and, uh, you know, they, they needed to address the tight end position. I had them taking a tight end in round two and they go with Mike Gesicki out of Penn state. You know, this guy, I mean, you know, you want to talk about an athlete. He was a three sports star in high school, played football, basketball, and volleyball. Um, won a slam dunk contest, you know, in basketball, 6'5", 247 pounds, ran a 4'5", 440, which was tops amongst the, the tight ends. and was faster than, uh, than 13 uh, wide receivers and uh, 15 running backs. Excellent length, 34-inch arms, um, 41-inch vertical leap as well. Um, this guy, you know, is just a tremendous athlete. You know, he can be a vertical threat. Um, he's somebody who uh, is going to be a red zone nightmare. You know, Trace McSorley, the Nittany Lions just had to throw the ball up, and Gesicki would go up and attack the ball and pluck it out of the air. Um, to me, I look at him, you know, much like Jimmy Graham. That's why I was expecting, you know, the Saints to take him in round one, um, you know, before they traded up and, and um, took, you know, Marcus Davenport, obviously. But, uh, you know, I, I thought that he fit that Jimmy Graham mold quite a bit, that, that former basketball player, um, someone who can go up and attack the football. I thought that was a great pick. Um, you're looking in the round three. They went with Jerome Baker, the outside linebacker out of the Ohio State University. They need backers. You know, I think that's been a problem for the Dolphins for quite some time. You know, you're looking at Kiko Alonso and Stephon Anthony, um, an outside linebacker. Jerome Baker, undersized, but someone who can fly around to the football, um, can potentially provide some depth there and, and challenge for playing time. Um, they decided to take another tight end in round four, and they go with Durham Smythe out of, out of Notre Dame. Someone who's, who's definitely a, a better inline blocker than than Mike Gesicki. I think Gesicki's it's going to take some time for him to really, um, you know, be a blocker. But I think Durham Smythe has the potential to be um, that second tight end. You know, I, I think that what that tells you is, you know, the, the Dolphins weren't satisfied with Marque, Marquise Gray, um, the Marquise Gray. I'm sorry, uh, the former quarterback from Minnesota, uh, AJ Derby, um, Gavin Escobar, Thomas Duarte. Um, I don't think they were satisfied at the tight end position. So bringing in Gasicki and Durham Smythe, I think that's going to give them, you know, kind of that one-two punch at the tight end position. Don't sleep on Durham Smythe as a, as a receiver um, at the tight end position. I think he has underrated hands. Um, good pick in round four. Another great pick in round four was Kalen Balage out of Arizona State. You know, this is a, a, a guy, when you look at him, you know, he was known for those eight touchdowns that he scored in a game for the Sun Devils. Uh, 6'1", 228 pounds, ran a 4'4", 640. Um, but when you look at, at Balage, you know, you're expecting to see a guy with that size be a power back between the tackles, but he really wasn't. He was more of a finesse guy, someone who wanted to work almost exclusively on the perimeter. Um, you know, and, you know, in, in his career, you know, he was never, you know, he was sharing the backfield a lot with, uh, DeMario Richard, 
Um, only uh, didn't even eclipse the 2,000 yard mark um, in his four years at Arizona State. But uh, 82 receptions, you know, sh- just a natural pass catcher, um, runs good routes. So when you're looking at uh, at the Dolphins, you know, they have Frank Gore um, that they brought in. You know, you have Kenyon Drake and Kalen Balage now as, as the change of pace guys and, and receiving threats, giving uh, Ryan Tannehill some additional options there um, you know, out of the backfield. Uh, I thought that was a great pick as well. Sixth round, you know, you're taking Cornell Armstrong out of Southern Miss, a, a guy that I really had fun watching when I watched Southern Miss play. Um, I think he has uh, has some ability there at the cornerback position. You look at the Dolphins, you know, and and who they have at 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 cornerback. You know, Cordray, uh, you know, um, Tankersley, Xavier Howard um, as the starters. You know, Tony Lippett, he was a receiver at one point at Michigan State. Um, you know, but he's carved out a nice career for himself as a as a cornerback. Um, you know, those are the guys that they have right now at uh, the cornerback position, along with Bobby McCain. Um, you know, the length um, is a concern for, for Armstrong, 5'11", 183 pounds, with just uh, over 30 inch arms. Um, you know, but he's he's someone who I I think you know makes plays around the football. You know, a lot of people say that he's not a ball hawk. But he's someone who is is an intelligent player. He's a veteran, um, you know, for the the Golden Eagles, and I think he's someone who can challenge for a roster spot. If nothing else, he's going to be a guy that's probably going to end up making the practice squad. Uh, Quinton Poling, um, you know, inside backer, was a four year starter for for Ohio. Um, you know, he had to play through a lot of injuries. Um, you know, and, and you know his his forty time, you know. Um, Let's see, you know, really, I'm sorry, it wasn't the 40 time. It was his, uh, let's see, it was actually his uh, his three-cone time. You know, I was looking at this, and it was a 688, and I was like, that's not a 40 time. It was a three-cone three cone drill. You know, so when you're tr- talking about the three-cone drill and what a, a, you know, a 688 is, I'm looking at the running backs, and, uh, you know, in the three-cone drill, Naeem Hines ran a 718. Um, just for for a frame of reference there, um, you know. Let's see some other some other notable uh, three cone times. Let's see Kiki QT, you know that wide receiver out of the slot for Texas Tech, ran a six nine three. So when you're talking about a six eight eight, that's moving, you know, and that's you know shows you know the ability to um, you know to to uh, you know, be explosive, you know, in and out of his breaks and in and out of his cuts. Um, someone who you know I, I think is probably going to be a special teams guy, be a backup, um, you know, possibly a guy who's going to be on practice squad initially. But you know, Quentin Poling, he, he was someone who you know whenever I watched the Bobcats play, he was someone that I was always keeping an eye on, and you know I, I think he has a shot. And then Jason Sanders, you know, the kicker out of New Mexico. Um, you know, when you're looking at at, at the Dolphins, you know, and, and their their kickers, they needed a kicker. Um, so they went with, uh, with, with Sanders and, uh, um, his best season really was in 2016, you know, uh, converted on, on 12 of, of 13 field goal attempts. Um, but he definitely has a strong leg and is going to be their, their, their kickoff guy. You know, the question is really just going to be whether or not he's going to be able to get, uh, get it done as a field goal kicker. Um, you know, because otherwise he'll just be a, be the, the kickoff guy. Um, so that's all the time that we have. We made it through the next 10 teams. 
Detroit through Miami. So we've got the last 12 teams that we're going to be taking a look at. Uh, We're going to cover Minnesota all the way through Washington. Um, So we'll go ahead and take a look at all the picks there. What I also want to do is talk about a couple of the um, undrafted free agents, you know, where they went and, uh, you know, what you could be looking at there. Um, So that'll be my final episode of the 2018 podcast series. But have no fear. After the 2018 podcast series, I'm going to give it about a week and then, uh, you know, to kind of take a look at uh, the guys that are going to be there for 2019. And then uh, we'll put a podcast together and, uh, you know, I'll make sure that I start talking a little bit about uh, who to expect to see coming off the board early um, in 2019. Um, maybe some some juniors to keep an eye on, um, you know, and, and some guys that could have some breakout seasons. Um there in in twenty uh, in twenty eighteen that'll be there for the twenty nineteen draft. You know, obviously, uh, you know the two thousand eighteen draft comes to a close. You're already thinking about two th- the uh, two thousand eighteen season uh, and and the two thousand nineteen draft. Um, so we'll go ahead and get that that going and get that started um, you know, as we progress through the summer. You know, I'll probably have a podcast once a month that I'll have released um, as we go into. Uh, the 2018 season, and then I'll make sure that I have a weekly podcast, kind of breaking down the season that uh, the previous week, and uh, taking a look at uh, you know some of the prospects, some guys that are flying under the radar, some guys that are are having some breakout seasons as well. Um, so that's kind of what to expect down the road. Um, but until then, everyone, I hope everyone has a great day. Um, you know, again, Greg shoots here, ready for the draft.com. Ready for the draft podcast? I am out.